You're very welcome along. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this Saturday morning. Pora Corkin, good morning. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. How are you this morning? I'm good. Very happy after hearing that weather forecast. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it might perk you up all yeah, night. But you didn't tell the, the full story. The, the rest of the week is going to be Oh, so well, I, was, I, I can only read now the words well, that her meta mm, are giving me. I'm not going to commit any further than that. A big hedge coming in. A high. A big high coming in right from Sunday, right through until right through St. Patrick's uh, Day and uh, right through next weekend. So it's going to be a sustained high pressure, which means nice mild temperatures um, and sun, sunshine and dry conditions, no rain. So that's going to be very welcomed. But even, you know, I was just surprised even over the last week or 10 days how things have started to dry up a little bit. Have they? Ah, uh, they have, yeah. Even though we had some, again, we had some rain this week, you can see things are certainly beginning uh, to dry up. And I suppose I, w- I would say to people that certainly with the dry weather coming, uh, it'll be, you'd be amazed how quickly the soil will start to dry out and lawns will start to dry out in I, particular. I, I was I was thinking that myself yesterday, well, yesterday probably because it was the mildest day and one could be out and about a little bit more than previously but um, the growth is just starting and I, I said oh, I said if I don't get that lawnmower service now and leave it, if I leave it for two more weeks I won't be able, there'll be such a rush on all this, these jobs, to you could be waiting and yeah. the next thing is you'll have a meadow. Well, that's so it. it's really important I think probably to just get all those things uh, lined up very quickly lined and get them and done exactly and, and really to take advantage of, of the good weather so by certainly Monday Tuesday Wednesday of next week people should be mowing the grass it's been very difficult uh, trying to get an opportunity um, up till now so get the grass topped off it, they are, it is still very yellow and that's really lots of plants are showing high degrees of yellowing laurel yeah. in particular lots of shrubs and that's just a deficiency with all the rain we've had since last September soil has been a lot of nutrition has, has lost has been lost from the soil just due to the heavy rain and um, so applying fertilizers you know so first of all in terms of the lawns I'd get them trimmed I'd get the moss control on get your zero on get the lawns fed and we're also seeing lots of rushes um, this year in lawns that may never really? have seen yeah again just due to the very high levels of, of, water. of water so a lot a lot of young rushes um, and, I, and I noticed last week we had quite a number of questions in on rushes so again the, the kind of procedure really is to is to get the lawn trimmed as soon as the soil is reasonably dry and you can walk on it, mm. get it trimmed. Feed it, get rid of the moss with the zero. And then about a week later, so maybe this day, next weekend, Saturday, Sunday of next weekend, apply something like dicoflower if you've got rushes. Or there's also a lot of buttercups around this year because, again, due to the high level of mm. rainfall. So those plants that really like the moisture, mosses, um, rushes, ranunculus, the, the buttercup, you're seeing lots of those this year. So use something like dicoflower about a week after feeding the lawn and that'll make the weeds nice and soft and you get a very good kill. And that's really the lawn then back in good condition it's again. Right. It'll green up very quickly, yeah. particularly with the high temperatures we're going to get. And, um, you know, you'll get it back into good conditioning and get the colour back into it and get eliminate the weeds right. and, and the rushes and so on. So that's one of the things I, w- I would certainly be doing. Um, just to mention, we have a hedging weekend this weekend. This weekend, yes. We're sorry. coming to the tail end of the Beirut season, what we traditionally call the Beirut planting time. And this is when, during the winter period, when hedges are dormant, like beech or uh, privet or whatever, you can safely lift them from the soil and transplant them into your own garden. So they're, 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 they're planted without pots, as it were. They're grown in the field, they're dug up from the nursery and planted into the soil. And, th- and that's the most inexpensive time to put in a hedge. So mm. any time up to about the middle of March, because the growth is going to come next week, yeah. the, the season is going to be short this year. So my advice really is to for people that are thinking about putting in a hedge over the next, say, fortnight, then consider 
this is the time to get it done because once we get into the middle of March, late March, when growth has started significantly, you've the season is over for the Beirut season. Okay, so you can't move them into the new you, position at once, that point. Once they start, this, the, the the new growth has initiated. Once the leaves have started to come through, then it becomes too late. And particularly with the mild temperatures and that high pressure coming next week, we are going to be coming to the tail end of the Beirut season. It may last up to the end of March or the first week of April, but certainly my advice is really the soil conditions are drying. It's a really good time to start putting in a hedge. So we've decided to do a hedging weekend today. This- and tomorrow in our Turlock, Sligo and Galway stores. Peter will be there today to advise people on just the various different types mm-hmm. of hedges, what they could consider. But from a Beirut point of view, things like Laurel and Beach and Privet, this is the most inexpensive time to put in a hedge. Right. So if you leave it for till April or May, you're back into the potted plants. And, and what just about, sorry, the, the, the Beirut just, just doesn't take? Is that it? Or That's it. Well, they, well, they've come into growth yeah, at that stage. Right. By mid-April, the, mm. the leaves are on them. They're actively growing. And if you transplant them at that stage, they'll wither and die. Okay. Okay. So, the, so whilst they're, they're still dormant, it's a really good time to get in a hedge. And also it's a good time for planting hedges because you've got the whole season's growth ahead of you. Yeah. So by getting them in, they've got a couple of weeks to start to initiate new roots and then they're, you've got the full benefit of the growth for the rest of the year. So if people want advice on hedging, this Saturday and Sunday in particular, pop into the stores and um, we give them some advice. Tomorrow in, in the National Museum mm. of Country Life in Turlock, right beside the Garden Centre, I'm giving a talk between 2 and 3pm. So it's a free event, um, lovely auditorium there in the National Museum um, and I'm going to be talking about spring gardening. So really advising people what they should be doing with the garden. So I'll touch on the lawn and recommendations on lawns, but I'm also going to be talking about planting veg, herbs and fruit. We'll be talking about seed potatoes, the best varieties to plant. I'm going to give some practical examples of how to sow seed and how to propagate plants yourself. And I'm also give give a, a practical demonstration on pruning because we're always asked, you know, yourself, we're always asked yeah. about pruning when, hydrangeas when, or yeah. when, when to prune. When do we do it? That, yeah. So I'm going to bring a few plants along and show people from a practical point of view how to cut back plants and so on. So that's in the Museum of Country Life in Turlock um, between 2 and 3 p.m. on Sunday. Um, so tomorrow... 2 to 3 p.m. So please come maybe 10 minutes early because I'm going to be starting at 2 o'clock okay, sharp. Okay, so we're, pl- we're starting bang on. Yeah, there's limited space in the museum so they normally have seating for maybe 50 or 60 people. Right. I know people have booked already so um, get in early and uh, I'll be kicking off at 2 o'clock. And it's going to be kind of a practical demonstration on what you should be doing in the garden and of course I'll be taking lots of questions as well so that's a free event the National Museum of Country Life it's right beside the garden centre in Turlock and um, that's between 2 and 3pm Okay and do do, do people need to book for that in advance with with the museum is it? I was talking to the museum yesterday and and the booking office doesn't open today Okay that's fine (laughs) So So, what they said to me is turn up Those who have booked uh, are are there and uh, turn up otherwise Yeah there are some places still available Nice and and early Yeah come early Um, I'll be kicking off at 2 o'clock it's a free event and um, it's a seated auditorium so you can sit back and relax and, and ask and me plenty could, of questions. And you can do all the work. <laughs> I'll do all the talking anyway. Um, <clears> and also of course Easter just around the corner now I know it's not not next weekend but the following weekend so kind of this day two weeks will be Holy Saturday always get those days a little mixed up and you've got a couple of things uh, we lined do. up because I mean, you know, people will be breaking for holidays well, the children younger are off. people. Yeah, yeah the children yeah. are off in particular and they've got a long mm. break this year with the um, centenary but um, so what we've decided to do from, from St. Patrick's Day which is next Thursday we're going to put in an Easter farm in the garden centre in Turlock in Castlebar and um, Jason is, is, is running that event and he's got lovely things I was just looking at some of them last night young uh, ducklings and little chicks and oh, very cute. miniature horses okay. have you ever seen one yeah. little miniature horses lambs um, young rabbits all the kind of spring 
um, but kind of from the pet side of it, but also from the farming side of it as well. Um, so Jason has lots of novel uh, pets and, and farm animals that he's bringing along from next Thursday. Some of them are there at the moment if people want to pop in, but from next Thursday he'll have the full uh, arrangement of of, um, of farm animals, uh, miniature horses. He's also got a turtle which I'm di- came last night, I was told. We, um, we were having a discussion here before I started. Oh, not a turtle, a tortoise, tortoise, I should say. I said, I what's the, the difference up. between a tortoise and a turtle? <clears throat> so a turtle is is based in the sea and the tortoise is land-based, land-based. reptile. Right. But this guy is, is huge. He's about a oh. uh, foot and a half and two feet in diameter. Um, very large tortoise. So he'll be worth coming along and have a look at as well. So that's in particular from St. Patrick's Day on um, for a couple of weeks while the children are off. Lovely. We have the Easter farm. People can pop in and see the meerkats and... Yes, and so don't, don't forget happening. the meerkats there as well. So yeah, there's there's farm animals and other animals yeah. as well. Yeah, and again, Easter. that's just a, a free event if people want right. to pop into the garden centre um, from next Thursday from St Patrick's Day on. Excellent. Okay, so busy couple of days and busy couple of weeks lined Springtime, up. Springtime, dear. It is. It is. Spring has definitely <laughs> sprung at this stage. Now, uh, in terms of listeners' questions at all, they most certainly have sprung as well. So we're going to take a break first of all. I remind you, if you do have something you'd like Porg to address on the programme this morning, the text number is 87 41 with thanks to Carb Deli, of course. And if you're calling us as well, Teresa taking calls with us this morning on 0818-3055. Right. Porg, I'm going to come to a question on uh, email, first of all, this morning. Um, and this is from Mary. Good morning. And this is about indoor plants and shade-loving plants. So Mary has an entrance door area that doesn't get very much sunlight in the morning um, or whatever it gets kind of is in the earlier part of the day um, she has about nine pots three big ones at the back and the rest in a semicircle at the front the problem is the shade she's wondering can you make suggestions about what colour plants or shrubs would look good there for the summer um, they've planted lots of tubs last year with good John in his compost did all the right things kept them in the shed over the winter but the vine weevil had eaten the roots um, she loves Hercurus Hercurus Eucharist. Eucharist. Sorry, Eucharist. Close enough. Oh, no, it wasn't actually. I (laughs) apologise to yourself and to Mary and everybody else. Uh, Mm. As you know, I am always on a learning curve on this programme. Eucharist. But only the leaves are left anyway and wondering what will she do? So she's looking for indoor. Indoor, Yeah, I'm gathering, yes. It is outdoor, but I mean, it could be grown in a porch. If it's a porch, kind of a cold porch, then, but it is an outdoor shrub and should be left out of door and would be, particularly in pots, notorious for attracting vine weevil which are the small little maggots that eat the roots of plants um, now there is a treatment for that if Mary wants you know we can get rid of those yeah well I'm actually not sure if it is indoor I would say it's outdoor. It's, it's outdoor it must be no I'd yeah it's, it's at the door area so yes yeah, sorry I'd, I'd imagine it's outdoor yeah. plants because she'd mentioned tubs and containers mm. and she yeah the sort of plants that will do very well in shade and there are a whole collection of shade loving plants so things like uh, a cuba or spotted laurel does really well. I have it grown in a north-facing aspect under trees and it does superb, absolutely brilliant. Um, it's got speckled leaves, what? so they're, it's like the, the like a leopard skin leaf. That's, so it's a large, glossy leaf with, with yellow and green um, speckles. So it's, a, it's quite a nice, attractive plant in wintertime. It flowers in the spring, it buries in the winter as well. So the berries tend to come on around September and carry through right through to this time of year. The birds don't seem to like them. So that's definitely one. Acuba japonica um, variegata. It's the spotted laurel. Look for that. It's a, quite an attractive plant and can, does very well in pots and containers. Another nice one for shade is one called Fatsia. 
Fatsia japonica, um, the castor oil plant is the common name for it. Can be grown indoors, but it is an outdoor shrub and it comes actually in a lovely variegated form. Uh, so again, you've got a leaf twice the size of the, hand, of the size of your hand, oh, okay. maybe three times the size yeah. of the hand, retains the foliage all year round, um, comes in a dark green form and it comes in a variegated form. And again, it retains the leaf 12 months of the year. It doesn't really flower per se. There is small white flowers, mm. but it's not grown for that. It's really grown for its architectural shape. Lovely in pots, looks really well. Um, so that they're two really good shade-loving, shade-tolerant, um, easy-to-grow uh, shrubs that will do very well in pots and containers. The other things you could go for is maybe some of the ferns, some of the, you know, there's some really so nice... Sort of nice leafiness. Nice leaf colour, yeah. Some yeah. are deciduous, they die back in the winter and re-emerge in the spring. Some are evergreen. So the ferns, and again, they tolerate um, shade extremely well, do very, very good. Um, if you want something flowering, then, you know, the traditional bedding plants don't do well. Things like petunias and marigolds and so on. But there are a few, like um, begonias, do very well in shade and tend to hold their flower very well in shaded areas. And they could be potted up now, started indoors, and then planted out into the pots in May. Right. So a mixture of those. Look, maybe pop into your local garden centre, explain the sort of shade elements that you have. And there are a wide range of plants that will tolerate shade. You stay away from kind of the high flowering, you know, things like roses won't do very well. Um, all the summer bedding don't do very well in shade. There are a few, like the begonias mm. and violas, that tend to do okay. But, um, you know, go for the shade shrubs and there are a few there that really do extremely well and they're hardy and there's very little trimming or, or care that they need and, they in well in pots. and in relation to that old vine weevil issue there with the eating of the roots vine weevil well there's there's a treatment that you can apply at this time of year as a drench yep. so you water it on vine weevil <clears throat> it's a small little beetle they're actually all female and there's, it's a small little beetle, right? As if, all right, go <laughs> on. Yeah, but anyway. It's our It caused a lot of problems. But it's a small little beetle that lays its eggs in August. And it's the actual larvae that do the damage. The larvae are laid generally at the, on the roots of the base roots okay. of plants, particularly in pots. And because plants are in pots, the, the roots cannot escape the vine weevil. So the vine weevil have the roots trapped within right, the pot. Yes. So they can do a tremendous amount of damage. And it's really at this time of year that you notice the damage. They've been feeding all winter and then as the plant tries to go, come into growth in spring, the roots are completely devastated. Yeah. The plant is very loose in the pot and um, the vine will have done their damage. Now you can use a soil drench, you can use an insecticide if you wish, or later on in April, early May, you can use the super nemos. You know the guys oh, yes, that, that, the guys, they, yes. that, that they're predate on vine weevils. So there is a solution for it, I suppose is what I'm saying. Right, but the option there is... There's some go for some of the shade-loving plants. plants. They're quite a ra wide range. Um, okay, and that, that hopefully will, will give you a nice problem. bit of uh, cover and colour. Yeah. Uh, at the uh, at the door. Okay, the everlasting sweet pea pork. I know this is a really popular plant. Um, it's growing strongly again. Is oh, the good, good yeah. news? Uh, living up to its name after a great show of flowers last summer. They're wondering, do they trim off the old stems, and what should we feed them with? Okay, well, they they tend to die back. They're herbaceous mm. plants, so they die back. It's probably five or six inches high at this time of year, coming through the soil. Cut off the, all the old stems and just give it a good dressing of um, good fertilizer, like. The super, like color boost, will be actually very good. Color boost, a handful of that around the base of it. Now reapply it in about six weeks' time. The sweet pea will put on five to six feet of growth in the one year and come into flower about the end of June, early July. So feeding now regularly every five to six weeks boosts on that new growth. So certainly a handful of um, color boost around the base of the plant now 
cut off any old dead with the stems and if, the sh- if there's any kind of lanky shoots any shoots that are kind of tearing off and maybe taller you could pinch those back as well and that'll encourage the plant to be a lot yeah, bushier sure. and fuller yeah Great. but it's an easy enough plant to grow anyway What's the name of the blight-free tomato you said you mentioned last week and do we sow it inside or outside now? You sow it from seed this time of year. It's one called Mountain Magic. So it's a, an F1 variety. It's blight resistant, so it's very good for growing out of doors um, or indoors, if you wish, as well, in a, a tunnel and greenhouse. Um, but it's, it's, it's blight resistant. It's quite a good one. You sow it from seed indoors on a warm windowsill at this time of year. Uh, it'll take three or four weeks for them to germinate and then just pot them up and grow them on. So Mountain Magic is the variety. Um, or there are quite a range of young tomato plants available at the moment if people have a, a greenhouse or a tunnel ready for them. But Mountain Magic is the blight. It's a new variety. It came out last year and um, very successful. Great. Um, now, somebody would like to plant a number of spring flowering trees, okay. perhaps cherries or golden rain. They're wondering, can they plant them now before they flower or do they have to wait until after flowering? Hmm. What do you think? Ah, uh, here. <laughs> you can plant them now, this time of year. It's like the hedge. It's a right. great, it's great planting weather at the moment. And uh, so, yeah, what would I recommend? You've got things like um, all the cherries. There's a lovely white cherry called Charité, which is uh, what we call the flat top cherry. The oh, flowers yes. hang down. They're pure white, Gorgeous. big double flowers. That's a lovely variety, particularly for small to medium-sized gardens. You've got the weeping cherry as well, which is lovely double pink flowers. Again, mm-hmm. ideal for small gardens. Uh, Prunus Kansas is the big cherry that you see everywhere the really big pink flowering variety other spring flowering trees you've got a lovely tree called the snowy mespolis amelanchier which produces flowers in early April and it's called the snowy mespolis because when it's in flower it looks like the snow all over the plant snowy mespolis amelanchier is the the botanical name for it probably a tree that's not as well known as the cherries or the laburnum but really nice tree nice foliage colour and beautiful colour in the autumn it takes on a uh, lovely kind of like Virginia creeper that lovely orange and red coloration in the autumn so it kind of has something to contribute to more than just one season absolutely yeah and when it is in flower it's spectacular there's a huge amount of blooms on it and a very easy tree to grow so that's Amelanchier or Snowy Mespolis. It flowers in springtime. You've got all the cherries. You've got the laburnum, which is the golden rain tree. Um, you've got the malice family, which are in the apple family, which, again, flower very well. Many of the varieties produce fruit. Some have a, a nice red leaf as well, which, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the other spring flowering tree would be Crataegus Paul Scarlet, which is... <gasps> same yeah. family as the, the white thorns particularly for exposed garden that, that's a really good tree yeah. but certainly in terms of planting spring flowering trees this is a really good time to plant not not just from a planting point of view but if you go to your local garden centre when the cherries are in flower they tend to be all gone they're all sold because oh, that's when people, people, people are reminded yeah, of them yeah. and they start to plant them then so look this is a great time early March for planting trees shrubs hedging all of that this is the time to get them in stake them well plant them at the same level that you buy them in the garden centre the same mark on the soil yeah and give them a good solid stake two ties and that's really it sometimes we tend to to plant them too low down and that causes problems if the roots are say five or six inches beneath the level that they were originally the, the tree will just stagnate there's no oxygen getting to the roots and the tree will literally just sit there and 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 put on very very small minimal growth so be very careful that it's planted an inch either way doesn't make any difference but anything more than that will certainly the tree the roots will suffocate if they're down too deep so stake it well um, in the garden centre they'll generally prune them for you as well to give a nice shape to the tree before you plant um, but it's a certainly a great time to start planting trees
Great. When do you trim down Red Robin, asks Kath? This is the time of year. It's actually one of the plants I'll be showing tomorrow um, in the museum. I'll show you how to prune uh, Fortinia Red Robin. And I'll explain the importance of pruning because pruning, there's a, there's, it's not just we want to be hacking back plants. There's actually a, me- a reason and a methodology for pruning plants um, back. And, and I won't go into it Good to go. today. Tomorrow, <laughs> we'll tomorrow is not the day. Right. But pruning of, of Fortinia, definitely this is the time of year. To, uh, to prune them back. Even though you might see some red growth coming at the tips of them, yeah. that often frightens people to think, oh, well, no, it's too late. It's not. Prune them back now and you can take, you know, a couple of feet off them if you wish. When we prune, we feed. So I, once you prune your plants back, you feed at the same time because you want the plants to produce new growth. Okay. So you apply the fertiliser. So prune them today, feed them today as well or tomorrow whenever. Now, uh, a listener not just wants to say thanks very much for your phone call last week regarding the moss. It was much appreciated. Okay. Now, how do you plant a privet hedge? Well, again, it's, it's the same as um, planting any hedge. Privet comes in two different forms. You've got the green in a variegated form. Green is more vigorous. It's suitable for hedges up to seven or eight feet. Um, the variegated form makes a nice hedge, say, up to four or five feet, maybe up to six feet eventually. tends to be less vigorous. Uh, they're, they're planted generally bare-rooted at this time of year. You space the plants 18 inches apart. So, for example, if you're putting a hedge into a lawn area, the first thing I would do is take out the lawnmower, cut the grass quite tightly, Come along with a little bit of um, weed, weed-free 360 or one of the weed killers mm-hmm. and spray the area off that you intend to plant. Right. So you're ending up with nice, clean soil ready to plant without any vegetation, any weeds or, or grass. Um, that'll take about a week to work. And then you plant in your hedge. So you plant in your privet hedge. When you buy them in the garden centres, you need to prune them back. Either get the garden centres to do them for you or do it yourself. But shorten them back by about 50%. And that's very important to encourage the plant to start to initiate shoots further down. And you end up with a nicer, fuller, bushier plant. And privet is vigorous anyway. So cutting a foot off it doesn't make a whit of difference to the actual overall growth. But you end up with a fatter, fuller, neater plant that holds its foliage right to ground level all the way up. People tend to be, you know, reluctant mm. to cut them back because yeah, they, they because think, they, well they they want to have as much growth on things yeah, as much as just the you know, yeah. human condition or whatever. Yeah, so so the pruning back of them again is is critically important. But privet is very very easy to grow. Great time for planting them. Makes a super hedge. Um, you know, it's a it's a good overall plant to, to grow. Uh, how much will four litres of the zero cover? The lawn is approximately seven hundred square yards in total. How are their maths this morning? <laughs> <laughs> well, four litres. Four litres actually is actually the can size. Okay, uh, So right. four litres from memory covers 1,600 square yards. So, well so you have enough to do it twice. Excellent. Isn't that the correct That's answer? That's the answer. And a bit left over. <laughs> yeah. Looking for a soft, light green cabbage variety, not the hard heads. What do you suggest and can I sow them from plants or seeds? You can do both. And the plants are available as we speak and the, the seeds. And uh, we would generally recommend you do the, the, the two together. So plant some plants out now and sow some fresh seed. Um, They're looking for the light green okay, ones. Okay, three good varieties that I'd recommend. One is, is one called Hispe, which is a very popular variety. There's another one called Advantage which is a uh, um, new variety, which is quite nice. It's very fast growing. It's a little bit bigger than Hispe. It makes a very good cabbage. And another excellent variety called Dutchie. Oh, which, yeah. So they're all from seed uh, or the plants are available on the Hispe now. And um, 
you can start sowing them out of doors as we speak or you can sow them indoors as well if you wish on a warm windowsill and again grow them on and plant them out later on. Now, where is there an organic spray for scab on apple trees? This listener doesn't want to use rose clear with such a wet climate in the West. There's a lot of scab around. There are and, and scab, you know, and particularly last year in particular, you get a lot of scab, you get a lot of canker on, on fruit trees. You can use the copper Based fungicides, which are very good, very easy to use, um, or sulfur-based um, fungicides will work equally as well. Um, so they can be applied anytime from yeah, anytime from now on. Really, mm. what I would do with most fruit trees is to apply a winter wash at this time of year. Right. So if you're pruning them back, give them a dressing of winter wash that gets rid of any bugs, um, uh, you know, any eggs and any larvae um, that are on the trees that may cause any damage. And then as we come into spring and early summer, apply the um, copper-based sprays and you'll find those effective. Now, Koch uh, planted 10 new strawberry roots last year okay. and had a very bad return, mm. unfortunately. Right. Now, they're in the same raised bed in a tunnel this year. Good. Where does she start? They're putting up fresh shoots now and As obviously anxious not for the same thing to happen yeah. again. And look, at it, they, strawberries will often do that in their first year. Strawberries generally live, or certainly in a tunnel environment, you'll have them up to four to five years is, is generally when they're very productive. I think they'll be actually fantastic this year. In their first year, you tend to get little or no fruit. They tend to do a lot of growing uh, and putting down new roots. At this time of year, it's only a matter of cleaning them up. So taking off any leaves, that any old leaves or withered leaves that are on the plant, making sure they're nice and firm in the beds, mm-hmm. in the putting maybe a bit, little bit of fresh compost around them, but no additional fertiliser. If you feed tomatoes too much, if you give them too much liquid feeds, you get excessive leafy growth at the expense of flowers. So you'll actually start to notice the flower buds coming in the next week or two. The little buds will start to form. Once they come into flower, the bees will pollinate the flowers. And once the fruit is about the size of a large marble, that's the time to apply a tomato feed a high potash feed. So it's a pretty much just tidy them up, give them a good drink of water, a little bit of fresh compost around the basin is fine. Keep an eye out for aphids little green fly mm. that might be on the strawberries because as they come into the new growth the aphids will, will react to that as well. So just keep an eye. You don't have to spray for it unless you see it but just do keep an eye out on strawberries for aphids. Um, and that's really it. Water them, a bit of fresh compost, don't feed them until the fruit starts to form. And in a tunnel environment when they're in flower keep the doors and windows open. You need to get the bees in there. Otherwise you'll have Small. No. None. No. Square <laughs> Strawberries. Square strawberries. Square. Do you ever see them? You often see them, but you buy them in the shops and they don't have that lovely heart shape. They're kind of oh, yes, oblong yeah, yeah. or square. Yeah. I, that, just, I just thought that was different varieties. No, that's where they haven't been pollinated correctly. <laughs> the bees haven't got in okay. and done their business. Only man was involved. Only man was involved or How wind was involved. Or okay, whatever. so, so you see square let, strawberries, no bees. No bees. So make sure you open up the, leave the doors ventilated. Um, and really at this time of year you, you keep the tunnel fairly open anyway plenty of ventilation I leave mm. all the doors open on the tunnel I have um, unless it's stormy weather because you want plenty of air in around the base I and mean, you don't want too much heat you just get too much soft excessive growth so plenty of ventilation in around you're letting the bees in as well to do the flowering or the pollination as they come into flower and they should flower certainly by the f- end of March the first week of April they'll be in bloom and then once the fruit starts to form you start to feed 
and enjoy the strawberries this year. Excellent. Well, Coach, I hope you have a better crop this year than you had last year. Now, uh, one more. We'll take a very quick break then. Um, you recommended, Porik, a brilliant solution for my gl- glass house to clear out all the bugs last year. I had to light it. It was excellent. There was no flies or bugs on my plants. Can you give us the name of it again, please? Do you remember it? It's ca- I think it's called Fumigant P. It is. I don't know yeah, why I remember that P, one, yeah. but I do, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's just a little simple smoke bomb that, that you light at this time of year. So what you do is you close up the, the, the greenhouse yeah. in the tunnel, you light it in the evening time or whatever. It excretes a smoke and in that smoke it contains a um, um, an insecticide that gets into the cracks and crevices and kills off any aphids or green fly or whatever. So fum- Fumer P or Fumigant P, um, simple to use. You know, just literally like and, and ventilate the open the windows and the following day and just that's you start that's, nice that's and it. clean. Yeah. Okay, great stuff. Right, here is an interesting one. I'm going to throw at you first of all, Porik. Um, somebody wondering is is there a reason why are we not talking about Osmo at all this year? Oh well, look at Osmo. It's still it's still an for, in terms of the moss on the lawns. Well, what I'd be recommending because the moss is so heavy this year is to apply the zero first of all. You get a better a better kill, um, and then apply the Osmo. So. Do the do the zero first of all. That'll eliminate the moss, right. and then and then use the Osmo. Now Osmo is still excellent. It's an excellent fertilizer. It's a slow release fertilizer. So it kind of feeds it as well. It does feeds it? it, greens it up, and and you know. But the, you'll find if you use the zero first, you get a better kill, and particularly this year, Deirdre, with the amount of moss that's everywhere. Yeah, and I, I know I used the zero myself last year, and I, you know you could I could see it within a couple of hours working, which is very there's a great rapid. satisfaction in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do the zero first, then apply. That was the point I was making at the beginning of the program. Then apply. And uh, the fertilizer in Osmo would, you'll find excellent. It's a slow release lawn feed. Um, it does have moss control in, in it as well, but I think it's better to use the zero first, to be honest, this year. Right. Um, put on the, the Osmo, you can put it on actually within a day or two, as you know, because the um, the zero works so fast. And then about a week later, put on the Dico flower for the buttercups, rushes, those broadleaf weeds. You'll find those very effective on them. Okay. Would that work on thistles as well? It will. Yeah. yeah. Any broadleaf weeds in, in lawns, the Dico flower is very, very effective. Right. Okay, how do we change light pink hydrangea flowers to red or blue and what do we need? Well, this is the time of year when, first of all, you prune back your, your uh, hydrangea uh, shrubs. Um, second thing is to feed them, put on the colour boost. And then to change pink to, to blue, you need to put on the hydrangea colourant which is a crystals you simply sprinkle on the base. It changes the alkalinity in the soil. It change, changes the soil from being high alkaline, high pH to a lower pH. So you simply put the crystals, their hydrangea colorant is the name of the crystal. You simply sprinkle it around the base of, of the plant and you do it before the plant comes into growth. So you prune first of all, you feed and then put the crystals on now. Uh, over the next over say the next over the next week or next fortnight and that then helps to change the, the soil color. conditions yeah so pink hydrangeas you tend to find on high limey soil um uh, blues and deep reds tend to be more the on al- acidy yeah. or down around Belmullet, Ackle, um you know where you've got high acidity you tend to get a richer uh, fuller the color color. but you can change the the soil consistency by just putting down the hydrangea colour. And if you are changing it, <clears throat> do you have to make, does it have to be reapplied then kind Next of throughout year. the year? Oh, it's well, a- could, annually. Yeah, normally you could you could give it a second application maybe in June, mm. but normally it will it will hold the colour um, well from one application. But yeah, you, next year you'd have to reapply again. again. Yeah, okay. it's a small little tub, hydrangea colour, and sprinkle around the base and away you go. 
Okay. A couple of questions in relation to cutting back roses, different kinds of roses. So we just kind of lump them yeah. together if we Go may. And um, <clears throat> specifically, somebody's wondering about if it's too late to cut back carpet rose bushes. And then this kind of a general question, is it just generally too late to, no. to cut back roses? No, and, and we are, you know, you get that question because mm. people can see new growth coming on the rose and they think they've missed the boat. The answer is no perfect weekend to get out there get the roses pruned back carpet roses should be pruned quite severely so they're probably two and a half maybe three feet tall at the moment shorten them back to within six inches of soil level even though this bud's been initiated at the top of the shoots forget about that just cut them severely back remove any dead wood and as i said when you prune you feed so get some rose feed onto them straight away and reapply that about six weeks later but it's not too late you know right yeah. up until mid-april Okay. you can still prune the roses. And if you don't prune them, you'll end up with far more disease, um, legier roses, the flowers just won't be as good. The pruning back rejuvenates the plant and so, encourages new growth. So be a little bit firm at the yeah, moment. Yeah, get out there and, and, and you know, it's perfect and conditions. And within this, within a week, if you prune them today, you'd be amazed by next weekend, there'll be maybe half an inch of, of, of new growth oh, really? on those buds. Yeah, they'll, okay. they'll come back into growth very, very quickly again. Now, uh, mm. can you recommend, please, some eating and cooking apples that uh, will fertilise each other? And can we still plant apples? Yes, you can. Okay. So it's a good time for planting fruit in general, be it apples or blackcurrants or whatever, strawberries. Um, so really when you're planting apples, you need to get varieties that flower at the same time. That's the trick. So there's no point one flowering in March and mm. the other one flowering in May. They've missed one another. Um, so they need to flower at the same time Damn. for cross-pollination okay. for the bees to work between one and the other. Some good eating varieties, James Grieve is an excellent variety which is a great pollinator of other trees as well. Katie, a lovely red apple. Golden Delicious, Green Sleeves, they're all really um, good eating varieties, very reliable but also good pollinators of one another. L-Star is another excellent variety. And then in the cooking family, just to give a bit of... Um, give a yeah. bit of variety but also to kind of extend the, the cropping season there's a very good variety called Grenadier which is ready in August it's a big green apple cooking variety again a good pollinator of other trees and Brambley seedling is the traditional cooking apple that um, that we would associate with kind yeah. of September, apple October tarts. yeah yeah, it gives more winter use. So grenadier and Bramley seedling would be two good ones to mix. So you could do a mixture of any of those together. You can mix cooking and eating together. The main thing is that they cross-pollinate. Worcester permain is another good variety. Worcester permain. Um, it's a dual apple, so you can eat it, but you can also cook it. Oh. So there are some that, that actually you can use uh, for, bo for, for both. both. Yeah, they're actually, uh, they're not as tart as Bramley seedling, but they are make good but the perfect so they have, a bit of, they have a bit of sweetness but you, you, that you allow you to have them yeah, as an eating yeah. apple so well. again look, this is the time of year to put them in make sure you get varieties that cross pollinate and uh, you can also introduce maybe a crab apple an ornamental crab mm. which again will act as a pollinator between the apple trees as well now um, and in terms of feeding I see somebody who's has growth promotion liquid down in other words fertiliser right. for, for, <laughs> that's, that's a long way of putting it on the text um, for apple trees specifically that were set last October okay. uh, to kind of promote the fruit growth yeah and, and so the first thing I would do is do a little bit of pruning with them shorten back any growth um, any kind of whippy growth cut that back by about 50% um, and remove any weeds or grass that might be at the base of the apple trees and then apply a high potash feed so your colour boost would be good a rose fertiliser would be ideal for fruiting plants. You want a high potash fertiliser for, for all fruiting, flowering and fruiting plants. So colour boost or um, 
a top rows or one of the rows fertilizers. Yeah. Great. Now uh, we're going to stay with fertilizers, but move to potatoes for a second. Kathleen has uh, is wondering: Can you use potato fertilizer when planting early potatoes in a polytunnel, and how would you go about applying it? Well, you just mix it into the soil. Simply, it just a potato fertilizer tends to be. Um, granulated mm-hmm. so you can just simply mix it through the soil as you're planting the potatoes there'll be no risk of scorching the tubers or damaging the tubers so literally just mix it into the soil as you're planting the potato and give them a good watering and away they go uh, lovely comment here somebody says great to hear you back Porik now we know it's springtime <laughs> <laughs> right can I prune a weeping birch that we planted last year you can if yeah. you wish yeah they generally don't need too much pruning to be honest um, but if you if you do need to cut it back for whatever reason yeah this is the time of year to put cut it back uh, what would you recommend for camellias that where the leaves are turning light green yellowish colour um, and there aren't that many bulbs on the, uh, on some plants buds, or yeah, buds, flower buds yeah, sorry, probably, yeah. yeah buds sorry yeah um, well the yellowing is down just to a deficiency in they're either grown in pots or they're grown in the soil or whatever again like I said lots of plants are showing that yellow coloration at the moment just to green them back up again use an ericaceous feed you can get a liquid fertiliser or you can get a granulated fertiliser but look for the word ericaceous on the actual uh, tub so camellias like lime free soil they like acid conditions so ericaceous fertiliser is the ideal treatment for them you can the, the crystals or the granulated uh, fertiliser you can sprinkle on the top of the pot or on top of the soil and it'll work its way down or you can do the liquid as well which will be faster acting um, so feed them now and green them up but the main time to feed camellias is after flowering and they flower generally up to the middle of May okay. so it's generally during the summer months you feed camellia camellias and that builds them up to produce their flower buds by September of this year. So nothing you do today is going to put flower buds on the plants You are, but by feeding them you'll certainly green them up and get them back healthy. healthy looking. But from May onwards that's the main time you feed rhododendrons, azaleas, um, camellias, the spring flowering right. plants because they initiate their buds in the autumn. They produce right. their buds in the autumn. Okay, so what'll happen here then is that if you feed them now, you'll bring up, you'll bring the back green, the plant, but, yeah. but but really, in terms of flowering, you're going to be waiting until next year. You are. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the best annual plants to put in now for all year round uh, for somebody who's living in the Ackle area? Well, I mean, there's loads of of, of <laughs> annual the annual plants. Well, I suppose the, we're looking the at the um, we're probably looking at the open windy exposure, side. Exposure, yeah. Yes, so yes. maybe some dwarf, nice and kind of compact plants. The things that would spring to my mind would be things like the white allison, the blue lobelias, the dwarf French marigolds do well in Ackle. Ageratum is a lovely plant. Anthriniums, the snapdragons, a really good plant. Um, Look, pop in English marigolds. There's loads that will do in in uh, in Ackle area. Some that you can sow it directly out into the garden soil and rake them in, and they'll germinate and grow there. Others that you need to start them off inside um, from seed, or the little baby plants are available now. You know, the little, remember I brought them in last oh, week. Oh, the little plug plants. Yeah, so yes. they're available in mm. atriniums, in lobelias, in dwarf petunias, dwarf mar- marigolds. You could simply just pot them on in small pots or trays, put them on a windowsill now, and grow them on. In Ackle, you won't get the, the frost after probably the end of April, so you can plant the bedding out a little bit earlier than than more inland. Um, so the little the little baby plants are possibly a good idea, and some seed, and maybe do do both together. Right. And uh, but there's a whole range of of seeds. Look, pop into your local garden centre; they'll have a big range right. of plants available. And there's plenty of time yet. You know, you've lots of time through April and even through May to sow the plants or sow the seeds. Yeah. So. Okay. Because most of them, at this time of year, if you wanted just a bit of colour, say for Easter, you could go for some of the primulas, which are in flower as plants at the moment, the spring flowering pansies, which do brilliantly in Ackle and, and in seaside areas. Violas would be available. The Bellis 
um, the double daisies, the little bachelor's buttons. Oh, They're lovely. very attractive yes. at this time yeah. of year. They come in pinks and reds and whites. They're just coming into flower now at the moment. So if you want a little bit of spring colour, then plants, certainly of those, will do well anywhere. Uh, out of doors um, and they'll give you colour right up till May or early June and then you can have your annual bedding plants coming on from June that'll flower oh, through till October Great uh, Is there a treatment for a fungus type of growth on white beam and other trees in my garden asks Charles Well that's lichen or, or just kind of a green moss that's on and again this year we're going to see more of that because in, in when you get mild temperatures and plenty of moisture you get lots of lichen Remember lichen is a sign that the environment and the air has very little pollution So it's so take it it's as a actually, compliment well, in yeah, a way. Absolutely, or, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you see lichen growing in trees, you've got very good air quality because uh, lichen won't grow where we've high sulphur or high... Oh, okay. uh, particularly when, when people burned a lot of coal many years ago. Oh, we did you'd that never kind see of it in the cities. Stuff, yeah. yeah, you'd never see the algae in the cities. So, um, so algae is a... Right? It's not doing any harm to the trees but can look a bit unsightly and if it gets too heavy, then it can certainly um, impede maybe some buds or hide some pests. To get rid of it, you can use a treatment called Green Up which is a, crisp, uh, a powder, you mix it with water, you just apply it to the, to the stems before they come into leaf and that'll get rid of the algae for you. Okay. Um, so somebody wondering, can they transplant two or three-year-old trees? Of course you can. Yeah. They don't say what the trees are. No, just, no, we're, and, just we're kind of coming age, up. I suppose. We're on, we're on the edge nearly of transplanting trees, so really I would encourage them to do them now. The fact that they're only two or three years old, then... They'll, they'll transplant no problem whatsoever remember to plant them at the original level that you lift them at so dig them up now transplant them all in one go and replant them at the same original level stake them well and you've no problem whatsoever okay but do it this weekend if you can or over over this coming week if you can before they come into growth somebody has winter kale growing where Great. they put weed killer last spring they're wondering would it be safe to eat Depends what weed killer they've used, but okay. you know if it's something like Weed Free 360 or Roundup, then once they touch the soil, they become neutralised. Um, so maybe if they give me a ring uh, after the program, and I, you know, with with the specific weed killer, but unless it's a residual weed killer, one that remains in the soil, there should be no problem eating the kale. It's a fantastic vegetable. Very expert, and of course, very good for you. Yes, it is indeed. Now, here's an answer to one. Uh, somebody has a duck manure taken from a bath where ducks swim, and they're wondering is it suitable to put on a newly sown hedge from last October? Yeah, it should be fine if yeah. it's old. If it's if it's an old, you know, if it's if it's kind of um, the duck manure or the yeah. hedge. The duck. Sorry now. <laughs> the duck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the duck manure in particular, <laughs> and also with the hedge. The older well, the, the hedge, hedge is there since la only last October. Okay. Now. That's why I'm saying. Well, as long as the manure is well decomposed right. that it's not kind of fresh and oh, that it's yes. got an opportunity to weather over the winter period then absolutely you can put it um, along the um, the top of the sur the surface of the soil and it'll work its way down you could also just trim back that hedge if it's a young hedge just tip it back take four or five or six inches off the top of it and kind of even it off and that'll encourage lots of new shoots lower down but yeah the duck manure is fine okay great um, when, <laughs> when and how do we sow lupin seeds asks Deirdre well remember that if you sow the seeds now they're not going to flower this year so if you want colour deirdre this summer then you need to buy some plants and um, generally the seeds of lupins you can sow them at this time of year if you wish they'll grow perfectly fine but you won't get any bloom or you might get a small bit of bloom in late summer early autumn but they, they won't flower at the traditional um, early summer period from seed. If you buy plants, they will flower this year. So if plants would be available in garden centres at the moment. They would have been sown from seed last summer, grown through the winter, and they're big, strong plants.
plants now with plenty of, of flower buds. Um, so if you're in colour this year, my advice is to put some plants in um, or maybe do a bit of both. Plant a few plants, get a couple of packs of seed as well and you can sow the seed at this time of year for flowering next summer. Okay. And finally, um, what about sulphate of iron? Somebody is wondering, is that still recommended? In well, terms sulphate of, the of iron was used in the moss. I mean, it was the old traditional method of doing it. What people disliked about it was, A, it's hard to apply. It's a powder. It's a difficult to apply. It's difficult to mix. But also, it turns the lawn completely black. Yeah, and if it gets on anything else, it also stains it things. Does. Yeah. It does. It tends to be a little bit messier it's a messy, and harder yeah. to use. But it still, it's still does it still, it's still kill still the moss? Absolutely. It's still it'll, effective. It'll still nail the moss. And maybe for people with huge gardens, the iron is is certainly would be a cheap alternative. Mm. Um, but the zero, what we find about that, because the liquid is very, very easy to mix, very easy to apply, and you don't get the staining. Well, I, I know that I've tried them all, <laughs> them all at this stage, and uh, I did find the zero particularly an easy an easy apply, and uh, that it worked well, it for, worked in my well. instance anyway. Um, so remember... Hedging yes, weekend. hedging weekend. This yes. in, in Sherlock and in Sligo and in Castlebar um, and in our Galway store, we have the hedging weekend. Plenty of advice Saturday and Sunday. Peter is there today. I'll be there tomorrow after my gig in the museum, which is on between 2, two and 3 p.m. And, and be free, there on time, isn't be that it? 10 minutes early because I'm going to start early. at 2 on the dot. On the dot. Um, I have to be back in Sherlock by half 3. So um, it's a free event. Come along and enjoy and I'll be doing a lot of practical stuff. Okay, and then we have the uh, Easter, we have the Easter, Easter farm. Well, the kids are off. Yeah. yeah, come down and see. That's particularly for Saint, from St. Patrick's Day from next Thursday on. Bring the children down. It's a free event and there's lots of interesting animals to see. Okay, so time to get busy in the garden. garden Porik, yeah. thank you very much Thanks, indeed. Dear, We're back again next Saturday just after 7 o'clock. Do stand by. Michael Neary is coming your way after the news at 10 with the very best in country music. Until next Saturday morning for me, good morning to you. Have a great weekend.